It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, a Monday edition of the show. Thanks for joining us. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one local sports daily podcast network. A lot to talk about on today's show. We'll start off this first segment talking about BYU's loss at Gonzaga. The chances now that they have to kind of rebound with only one game remaining before the WCC tournament. We'll talk about the loss and where BYU goes from here. And then also in the second segment, we're going to start off our week-long lead-up to spring camp next week for BYU football. Five pressing questions that we're going to answer. We'll start off talking about the first question, which deals with the linebacking core for BYU in the second segment of today's show. And in the final segment of the show, a full weekend recap of everything you may have missed when it comes to other BYU sports. A lot of sports in action. We'll break that all down for you in the final segment. Alright, so there you go. Layout of today's show. Let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for February 25th, 2019. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. I'm your BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Appreciate you guys taking the time each and every day to join me. Lots to talk about on today's show. We're going to start off with BYU basketball. They go up to Spokane to the kennel and get absolutely thrashed 102 to 68 by the new number one ranked team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And this was a game, I guess the first thing we should note is that it is the worst loss in terms of margin that Dave Rhodes has ever suffered as the head coach of the BYU basketball program. And uh, that doesn't mean to say that they, BYU was out of this game by any means. They actually battled fairly well for the most part. Uh, there was a foul call uh, kind of the midway of the second, well, I guess in the second half that uh, got Dave Rhodes really upset. And it was a dunk attempt by Gavin Baxter. And appeared to be a fair amount of contact there. Could have been called a foul call. Uh, no call. It gets blocked. The dunk attempt does by Baxter, and the ball goes the other way. And Dave Rose just loses it. He steps out on the court, barks at the officials, gets uh, keyed up. And I think things kind of spiraled from there. Um, I know that Dave Rose is a very emotional guy. He doesn't uh, always show his emotions on the court. You can see him stamp his foot sometimes. And uh, there's been that, there's, of course, there's that famous uh, video of. Of him actually throwing his coat in disgust on the on the ground at one point in another game, but he goes out on the court barking at the officials, asking for that call or screaming at them about the no call, and gets teed up. And um, it seems like with games, um, sometimes those calls can pump a team up, or they can kind of take the air out of it. And appears this one took the air out of BYU. They were already starting to get um, some separation in terms of Gonzaga pulling away from them and. 
Ends up 102 to 68 is the final. Uh, Yoli Childs and TJ Hawes both tied for the high for BYU in terms of points scored in this game with 18 points apiece. Uh, Childs added seven rebounds while Hawes had eight assists. So I think the biggest thing is we expected BYU to lose this game. Maybe the margin of victory is a bit more than you would have liked because earlier this season BYU got beat in Provo by 30 by Gonzaga. At that time, that was the biggest loss that Dave Rose had ever suffered as the head coach of the BYU basketball program but this one a little more understandable on the home court of Gonzaga a team that they, they kind of smelled uh, the opportunity to stake claims the number one team in the country they are going to be a number one seed in the upcoming NCAA tournament I believe that they are a legit national title contender this year I have said that before and been burned by that prediction but I really feel like this is a big Big time opportunity for Gonzaga to really state claim as one of the nation's elite, hopefully win their first uh, national title in program history. But that's a long ways away, and this is a BYU-centric podcast. But the takeaway from this for BYU for me is that loss to San Francisco, letting that 14-point loss just slip away, if not 14-point loss, 14-point lead slip away, just is, it's unacceptable. BYU could have still been sitting pretty in the second second spot in the West Coast Conference, holding tiebreaker scenarios against San Francisco and also St. Mary's, who quietly is probably going to be the second seed if everything plays out correctly. Uh, they're going to lose probably Gonzaga in the season finale, but they do have Portland. They've won four straight. And at worst, they'll tie for second place in the conference. San Francisco, by virtue of having both the head-to-head wins over BYU, would hold the tiebreaker there. So it appears that BYU is going to be in a three-way tie for second place in the West Coast Conference. Uh, They do have to take care of business against San Diego, which is not a given thing. Of course, it is a home game for BYU, so you'd expect that you should be able to win that game. You also have to see what happens with both St. Mary's and San Francisco this week. I mentioned that St. Mary's happens to the poor. Portland game. They also likely lose to Gonzaga in their regular season finale. San Francisco, on the other hand, has a game Thursday against San Diego and then follows that up with their season finale against Loyola Marymount. So it looks more and more likely that based on if you just kind of play things out in your head, a three-way tie for second place in the West Coast Conference and which, as a result, BYU, it appears, would be the fourth seed in the West Coast Conference with how things are playing out right now. Of course, things could change. If San Francisco were to lose both of their games this week to San Diego and Loyola Marymount, that would mean that BYU with St. Mary's beating Portland would hold the tiebreaker, if I'm not mistaken, against St. Mary's for that second seed, but There's a lot to go on with that. St. Mary's, of course, could take the second seed outright with two wins, beating Portland and Gonzaga. So there's all kinds of scenarios out there, but it looks like the odds are are that BYU is the fourth seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament, which is just a tough deal if you're a BYU fan because you, you wanted to avoid Gonzaga as long as possible, and this would set them up to face off in the West Coast Conference semifinals on a Monday evening in the semifinals versus the final. And that's just... Gonzaga is way too good. We've seen them get, we've seen BYU get beat by 30 plus both times they've squared off this year. I don't see anybody beating Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference here this year at all. Uh, they'd really have to have a cold shooting night and just not be interested in a game, I think, to lose. So 
It looks like BYU going to be the fourth seed. Another note from this is that this will be the first time Dave Rose does not top 20 or more wins in the regular season during his BYU tenure. Uh, that's kind of a disappointing thing because this is a season, if you look at BYU, and the whole tenor of this season changes if they hold on and win that game against San Francisco. And I'm not sure if we can be season t- changing the tenor, maybe not so much, but at the very minimum, you beat that you win that San Francisco game, you have that second seed, you're still in control of your destiny. I really feel like the sales were let out of BYU, the wind was let out of BYU sales, excuse me, to fix that analogy, with that deflating loss to San Francisco. There's not a lot of hype for this game against San Diego coming up this week, and uh, this is a team, San Diego's proven they can be very dangerous now that they're healthy. So it's just... It's unfortunate, but BYU not going to top 20 wins for the first time in Dave Rose's tenure. This season, not at all what BYU expected. Their odds of making the NIT appear to have gone kaput because they're now nowhere in the projections, and that's a result of them losing control of that second seed in the West Coast Conference. So just a tough deal if you're a BYU fan, a bitter pill to swallow as both a fan and also in terms of being a part of the of the program, I would imagine. I think Dave Rose, I think none of his coaches or the players are, are happy with with where this program is at at this point, but they have to pick things up. They got to take care of business against San Diego and hopefully build some momentum heading in to the West Coast Conference tournament. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on the weekend for BYU basketball, just a tough loss, an expected loss, maybe by a little bigger of a margin than you expected up there in Spokane, but Gonzaga, no mercy on anybody this year. They have laid it on everybody and good on them. If you can't, if you can't beat them, you shouldn't be complaining. They beat you by too much. You got to go out there. It's your job to win the game if you don't like it. So there you go. Some thoughts on BYU basketball. We'll talk some BYU football next. Got a lot to hit on there. We're going to talk about, uh, well, I guess I should start off by saying uh, BYU football starts spring ball next week. I have five pressing questions for position groups ahead of spring ball that I want to discuss and examine. We'll get to the first one next, talking BYU linebackers. So that'll be coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Before we do that, though, do want to let you guys know um, that you can listen to this podcast in your car, wherever you're going. You're commuting to work. A lot of people have a commute. I think the average commute in America America these days is around 25 to 30 minutes, which guess what? That's exactly how long this podcast lasts. Well, you can use your voice assistant on your phone to listen to this podcast. All you have to do is tell it play podcast locked on Cougars. A lot of you make phone calls with your voice assistants. A lot of you uh, make uh, plans. You kind of put in your notes like, hey, Siri or whatever personal assistant you have, make a note that I need to buy this, etc. Well, guess what? That same voice assistant can let you listen to this podcast and I encourage you to check it out. Just do it when you get in the car next time you're in the car. Say, hey, play podcast Locked on Cougars and you're the latest and greatest in BYU news right there for you. All right, we'll step aside here. Come back BYU football next. Pressing questions ahead of spring ball. This is Locked on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. (music) 
You are Locked On Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, it is your team every day. BYU football never completely out of the headlines. Spring ball, surprisingly enough, starts next week, March 4th. They'll have 15 practice sessions before the end of the month when they have their final practice, I believe, March 29th is when it is scheduled. It's an opportunity here for Kalani Sitake and his staff to get their team ready ahead of the summer months when those player-run practices take place and also ahead of training camp in the summer slash fall getting ready for their 2019 season football is definitely especially in terms of college football has become a year-round sport and spring ball is no different i had five questions i wrote up and we're going to address one of them each day this week on the Locked On Cougars podcast today we're talking about the linebacking core at BYU and the question is who steps up at linebacker Well, uh, you look at it, BYU graduated six linebackers from last year's team. They lost one to transfer in Christian Folau. So, who is going to step up and fill that void? Because last year, there were a lot of seniors stepping up and really contributing at a high level. None more so than Sione Takitaki. Butch Pau had a decent year. Adam Pulsifer had his moments. You go down that list, and each guy had an opportunity to contribute to the BYU football team's success going to that bowl game in the uh, fight, not the Fight Hunger Bowl. Why am I thinking the Fight Hunger Bowl? The famous Idaho Potato Bowl and winning that game there. But now, who steps up in their void? Two names that step out, pop out, I guess, immediately in my mind are Zane Anderson. Of course, he was slated to be a senior a year ago, had a shoulder injury early on, was able to utilize his redshirt season with the new NCAA transfer, not transfer, redshirt rules, and he will be back, likely suiting up at that flash linebacker position, and he showed some ability to play that position at a very high level, and that would be good news if he's able to reprise that role and help out BYU. The other name that came to mind was Isaiah Kafusi. He was really a breakout star, kind of playing that bow or weak side linebacker position. I think he's a natural fit inside the, at the Mike linebacker position that Sione Takitaki and Butch Pau manned for BYU over the last few years. But I really feel like Isaiah Kafusi stepped up last year and has his spot in terms of being a starter nailed down. Where that is going to be ultimately okay that's to be determined but I think both Zane Anderson and Isaiah Kafusi could be in line for a lighter workload in spring ball especially Anderson coming off that shoulder surgery I would guess he's limited in spring ball if he participates at all we're talking a similar situation to what Zach Wilson has going on at quarterback but the surgery for Anderson took place a lot longer ago so he should be further along in his rehab but you don't want to risk him unnecessarily to hits or anything that might re-injure that shoulder. So those two are the two that really stand out to me as guys that, okay, yeah, they have their spots carved out on this depth chart. Spring ball's not going to do them a lot of good, but there are some other guys on this list that I think have an opportunity this spring to really make an impact. Uh, first one that comes to mind is Chaz Ayu. He was a four-star prospect, a really highly touted athlete out of high school, joined BYU and played for the most part relatively well when he was a freshman for BYU, played that flash linebacker position and really was a guy that um, I feel like BYU fans were really excited for. He ultimately decided to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He is back from that mission now. He's been getting in shape for a few months and 
at very minimum, I would expect that he is going to make a push for playing time and get a lot of action in spring ball with not a lot of proven options on the roster at the linebacking spots. Uh, he'll be joined by guys like Max Tooley, Herkley Latu, Drew Jensen, and Jackson Kafusi. I really feel like all four of those guys are really chomping at the bit to make an impact. Uh, Tooley and Jensen were guys that you saw play spot duty, some special teams a year ago. Latu was slowed up by injury a year ago, but has got all the ability in the world to really be an impact guy in my mind. I really liked what he was able to do in high school at Kahuku High School there in Hawaii. And then Jackson Kafusi, he's part of that famed Kafusi family. He is the younger brother of Isaiah Kafusi. Uh, reports are that he came on strong towards the tail end of last year, and he could be in line to really see what he can do. So getting back to my original question is who steps up at linebacker? Well, you need to fill out a depth chart. You need to have two and three deep. It would be ideal for BYU. There are going to be a number of guys coming into the program this summer. Um, guys like Alex Mescala, or is Mescala actually might be on campus, so he might be a guy that has a chance to make an impact this spring. So Mescala is one to keep an eye on. Other guys expected to join the program either this winter or during the summer include Solofa Funa, the former Spanish Fork product, a guy that I'm really Really high on. I felt like he didn't get his due in high school. I really feel like he's a player. Preston Lewis, he's more of an edge rusher. We're talking a, a guy that can really get to the quarterback uh, out of Lone Peak High School. And then Ben Bywater, another local product, a kid from Olympus High School who I really feel like is much in the same mold as a Zane Anderson. So you're going to have a lot of names and a lot of bodies out there at the linebacker spot, but which guys step up? Like I previously said, I think Zane Anderson and Isaiah Kafusi are two of your proven options. I think that they carved out spots for themselves. Um, I feel like Chaz Ayu is going to expect that he is going to be in the mix at some level. I really like what Max Tooley and Drew Jensen offer in terms of their ability to set the edge in the run game. They're kind of hard-nosed kids, grew up in the state of Utah, played high school football here and I think that they're going to be looking to make an impact this year and it's going to be their opportunity to go out in this spring period and show what they can do with the more proven options probably limited or not participating in spring ball. Of course, some of these guys may also have uh, off-season surgeries that have precluded them from participating fully. We won't have a full report on that until Monday or next week during spring ball when they kind of say, okay, these guys are participating, these guys aren't, etc. So we'll see what happens with BYU's linebacking core, but this spring period, very important to kind of establish, okay, we have a two and three deep here going into training camp in August because you graduated a lot of talent. You lost one to transfer in Christian Folau, who looked like a guy who could definitely be an impact player. So now you're relying on some young guys to step up in their absence and show what they can do. And that's what this spring ball is all about. Spring camp is all about guys getting an opportunity to prove their ability. So we'll be tracking it for you. We'll be down at practices, getting you interviews, etc., covering it from you from top to bottom right here on Locked on Cougars. All right, so there you go. That's question number one in our spring countdown. We'll hit question number two tomorrow, and that'll be dealing with the offensive line group. And you're probably wondering, why the offensive line group? Well, there's two positions that I want to examine in in particular, and there might be some shuffling during spring ball as well as from other guys as well, moving different positions. But we're going to talk about BYU's options at left guard and right tackle to really firm up those positions with the three other positions seemingly locked up. So we'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. Also, we'll be working with a new coach in Eric Mateo. So that's also something that 
needs to be discussed. And we'll discuss that on tomorrow's podcast and carry on with different questions throughout the week. All right, step aside here, come back, wrap up the show. Full recap of the weekend in BYU sports, all the other teams in action. Got a lot to cover. That's all coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Alright, as we close out today's show, thank you guys once again for joining me on this Monday edition of the show. Come out a little later than normal, but due to some other responsibilities I had work-wise, it took a little while to get this knocked out, but thanks again for joining me nonetheless. A lot to recap from the weekend in BYU sports. We'll start off the BYU baseball program. They were in Corpus Christi, Texas over the weekend. Three games set, and they won all three of them. They beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi 6-2 Thursday, took down Ohio State 5-1 on Friday, and then capped it off with an 8-3 victory over Oral Roberts. So congratulations to the BYU baseball program. They're now 5-2 on the season. They're headed back to Texas this weekend to Beaumont, Texas. They'll be taking on Lamar University in a three-game set before their home opener next week against UVU. So get excited. It's baseball season in full swing. I know spring training's underway as well. We'll be tracking some former Cougars in the MLB for you this year as well on the podcast. A lot to cover there. We'll hop over to the other diamond in terms of women's softball. BYU is now 6-7 and seven in softball after going 2-3 and three at the Mary Nutter Classic over the weekend. They picked up victories over Missouri and UC Santa Barbara while losing to Nebraska, Northwestern, and number 4-ranked Oklahoma. They'll be back in SoCal this week for the San Diego, San Diego Invitational. They'll be playing five games on the campus of San Diego State, including the host, Aztecs. We'll get you more of those games and when they're being played later this week as it draws a little bit closer. Hopping over to men's golf, Peter Quest had a great showing in Hawaii over the weekend. He took home the John A. Burns Invitational Individual title with a 10-under final score. It is his fourth individual title of the season. He's currently on the Hogan Award watch list. And... Picking up individual titles titles will help you in terms of potentially winning golf's Heisman. So congratulations to Peter Quest. The men's golf team as a whole um, faded after starting in first place after the first round of this tournament. They ended up tied for ninth at four under as a team. Arizona State charged to a minus 24 as a team to win the team title. So Arizona State, the rich get richer, one of the best college uh, golf programs there is put a lot of pros out there but Peter Quest looks like he's going to be the next pro from BYU because he's playing extremely well men's golf will be back in action March 11th when they head to San Francisco for the Olympic Club Intercollegiate women's golf is in action right now at the Gold Rush Tournament in Seal Beach California that takes place today and tomorrow with three total rounds best of luck to the women's golf team Kerry Roberts their head coach looking to improve on their 8th place showing their last time out. 
Hopping over to men's tennis, number 27 ranked BYU men's tennis defeated Air Force 7-0 in Denver 5-2. Over the weekend at home, they remain undefeated at home for the season. They'll be hosting Old Dominion this Saturday, the indoor practice courts. So hopefully Brad Pierce's team continues to climb in the national rankings and also continues to defend home court as well. Women's tennis was on the road over the weekend. They split their matches on the weekend, losing to Washington State 5-1 before defeating Seattle 4-3. They're headed to Tucson, Arizona this weekend to take on the Wildcats and UNLV in two matches down in the desert. We'll get you more on that as the week progresses and it draws a little closer. All right, uh, and the, I told you guys before the break, there's a lot to break down here. Men's volleyball, ninth-ranked Cougars rallied to beat Grand Canyon in four sets. They won the third straight match. They have a home-and-home home with Stanford this weekend. You're probably wondering a home-and-home. Home. Well, Thursday they face Stanford at the Smith Fieldhouse. Then the both teams will take Friday off, flying back to Palo Alto while they're square off there at Maples Pavilion on Saturday evening. So an interesting scheduling quirk. But that's how it goes for the ninth-ranked Cougars. Hopefully they continue with their win streak pick up two wins over Stanford this week. Men's women's track and field were at the MPSF Indoor Championships over the weekend. The men's team won the indoor title with 93 points. They beat 13 other teams for that title. The women's team finished 7th out of 14 teams with 46 points. One notable result on the women's side though is Erica Burke Jarvis, an All-American, just an all-around great athlete. She set the all-time women's mile record in BYU history after running in 4 minutes 34 4.59 seconds. She won the MPSF indoor title in that event. So congratulations to her on continuing with a standout season of her own. Up next for the men's and women's track and field teams is the NCAA Indoor National Championships two weeks from now, March 8th and 9th in Birmingham, Alabama. And men's and women's, men's and women's swimming and diving over the weekend, they were also taking part in the MPSF championships. The men's team finished third overall with 693 points, while the women's team finished fourth with 525.5 points. So congratulations to the swimming and diving teams. I know that they've got the national championships in both diving and swimming coming up and also the Olympic trials as well. So we'll see how it goes for the men's and women's swimming and diving teams. Two more sports to cover for you before we take off for today. That would start off with women's gymnastics. The 17th ranked Cougars were edged 196 to 195.650 at Southern Utah over the weekend in MRGC action. They will now head to George Washington this coming Friday for a 5 o'clock dual meet against George Washington. That'll be Friday night back on the East Coast. And then finally, women's basketball. They beat San Diego 80 to 68 behind 19 points apiece from both Shaley Gonzalez and Brenna Chase. They remain one game back of number 16 Gonzaga in the WCC standings with two games remaining this week. They host USF on Thursday and then Santa Clara on Saturday. BYU needs to win both of those games and hope that uh, Gonzaga drops a game to get that tie for first place, get that co-regular season championship and by virtue of their two wins over Gonzaga, BYU would therefore have the number one seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament, but you do need Gonzaga to lose one of their two remaining games which they take on Pepperdine and and Loyola Marymount at home this week. So we'll see how it goes for the women's basketball team. But they do have the opportunity to get that number one seed. They just need some help from Gonzaga to drop a game here. Because BYU's proven they can beat Gonzaga. I'm not sure anybody else has proven that yet themselves, though. All right, there is the podcast for today. Thanks again for joining me back tomorrow. Second question in terms of our spring preview, pressing questions, talking offensive line. We'll get to that on tomorrow's podcast, of course. 
course, you can follow the podcast on all the major platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Locked On Cougars. Excited for spring ball to be here. Basketball's coming down the home stretch. We'll see how the Cougars do as they prepare to finish out their conference play and also get ready for the WCC tournament. So there's a lot to cover when it comes to BYU sports. And I appreciate you guys taking the time to join me each and every day here on this podcast. And a reminder for you, if you are out driving around, listen to this podcast. Use your personal assistant when you get in your car. Tell it, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll never miss an episode of this great podcast. Thanks again for joining me. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for February 25th, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day